On this episode, we're going to talk about what the hell is social selling and why you need it now. With so many different platforms, and their purposes evolving daily, navigating social media can be, well, complicated. Welcome to the Social Media Sucks Podcast from Cupco. Social media. Social media. Social media. Where we unpack the latest trends and help remove the suck from social media. Welcome to the Social Media Sucks Podcast by Cupco. You're tuning in for a dose of marketing and to get what's happening in the ever-changing social media landscape. So today with me, we have Laura Adam. Adam? Laura Adam. Laura Adam. Account executive. Close enough. Is <laughs> <laughs> Laura, let's just say that. Yeah, I do that. Account executive at Dream Data. And as always, our beloved CEO and social media expert, Chris That's Cummins. me. Hi. Glad Hello. to have you here. Yeah. I dream of data, so that's yeah. really <laughs> it's really nice to have <laughs> someone from Dream Data. Data, here. exactly. Yes, so, Laura, I dream of nice data, mostly money, like numbers going. How up. Never to mind. yeah? How Forget to it. turn numbers to, to money? Yes, of that's course. What I we all about. dream about that. That is the dream. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Laura, please tell us a little about your use uh, yourself first and foremost, and then your career. Yes, for sure. Yeah. So, my name is Laura Erdem, and I'm from Dream Data, account executive there. I work in sales, so hardcore numbers. And a little bit about the career of mine, I started at enterprises. So my sales career started at very standard enterprises, big sales, big ticket numbers, and worked for Red Hat, worked for Gartner, and social selling was not something I was used to do. Social selling for me always was something you reshared from your company, mm. like a company yeah. blog or maybe some report from Gardner, and nobody really cared. Mm. And the only time people cared was when I was changing jobs and say, woohoo, I've changed now to a new company and everybody's clapping, it's fantastic. So that's not social selling. Mm. And now when I've joined Dream Data, that has changed a lot. Mm. We found ways that people want to connect with us and find us, and that's where the full magic of social okay. selling started to happen. Nice. So uh, let's get into the understanding of social social selling. So what the hell is social selling, <laughs> and how, According to how, how can I'd you like exactly how can you actually do it? Yeah. So the easiest way to explain what social selling is is to talk about what it is not. Ah, okay. So it's not resharing of your company blogs. It's not resharing any like funding announcements because nobody really cares. Mm. It's not sharing your cat pictures or kids pictures once in a while. It's okay, but like not on that, mm. not that on LinkedIn. And at the same time, it's definitely not selling while pitching on LinkedIn. Mm. Yeah. Do you find that there's a lot of that? Oh, yes. Yes. I was there too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you did it? Oh, yes. What's, okay. What is uh, selling and pitching? What, uh, what, uh, what do you refer to? Yeah, for sure. So when you're in sales and when you envision what social selling is, is that I make a post about something relevant about our company and some people like it. And then you find out that some of the people who liked it are your perfect ideal customer profiles. Mm -hmm. And what you do next is you go to the private and start pitching. It's like, oh, you like my recent post. Mm. Do you want to buy or do you yeah. want a meeting? Yeah. And you get silence. You don't mm. even get an answer. Mm. Usually, no. 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 You don't even get you a get no. That a lot? People I doing mean, stuff I, that I don't really. Mr. Popular? No, I don't really pitch from the DMs. I mean, what I do is I invite people to the podcast. No, I mean, do you, do you get that <laughs> But for I mean, you? that is a pitch. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, like, I like get people, tons. Yeah. I think everybody's inundated with spam on LinkedIn. Mm. It uh, comes with the territory nowadays, and and you just sort of, you can smell it. You actually can smell it before you even hit connect. Yep. That you're like, there's a 50-50 chance here that this person's going to be, you know, selling me. And then some of them, you're like, this is a 99% chance <laughs> yep. that this person's going to slide into my DMs yep. with a, hey, do you want to meet or do you want to see this <laughs> or you want to do? Mm. And it's like. Okay, chill. Like, let's let's talk first. Let's have a build a relationship. Let's mm. maybe you know comment on a few things on social media. Let me get closer to what you guys do. And and usually the best method is like someone will reach out to you and say, hey, we're looking for this. Huh. Um, so it's it's not really it's not even selling in some ways. It's like you're trying to lure people in a bit. I guess yeah. you would say it's 
it's kind of where marketing and sales meet mm. in the middle mm. yeah, because marketing a good way is it. trying to create demand and do various things that actually work mm. but sales in a way needs to cap need to capture that demand mm. but if sales is also stepping into that demand generation part of your demand it's then it's much easier to collaborate and take it over mm. so when i'm in sales and doing social selling, I do warm up my ICPs, my ideal customer profiles with what is it that we're talking about? If somebody's thinking about attribution, they will very likely not remember my name or the company I work for, but they will remember that person that is talking a lot about this topic. Mm. And another time an another post will pop up about the very similar topic and say, okay, I will need to talk to them or just not even talk to those people, but then you just go directly to the website and start your free account. Mm. This kind of social selling done right where your prospects, they do understand what you stand for. You do that in public, you're, you're building your messaging, you're talking about the things that matter for your prospects or yeah. the problems that they're trying to solve. And then later, they, you're top of mind. So mm. when they're thinking about solving that specific problem, then you are going to be one of the companies they're going to reach out to, or maybe yeah. the only one because mm. you've got social proof. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that's pretty much how I built Gubco. Like from the get-go, I was out there just talking shit on the internet about <laughs> social media and how to do it right. Not even trolling, just like really just putting out content like about a specific topic and then brands they're like they might not even remember who i am like you said but they're like there was that dude with the hat and the, <laughs> what's his name and then oh i also saw that guy i think his name is chris and then they would find me exactly. and then they would reach out and say hey we're having this problem can we talk and then that's how it sort of worked right yeah. so but i think it's interesting that you add like you need to talk about a certain you got to get known for a certain topic like you've mentioned attribution which obviously course or or um, leads to your core sort of uh, industry or your core product. Um, is it like, do you find that that's one of the best methods is like really focusing on one particular thing or do you think it should be a wide range of things or no. like within the... There has to be a balance for sure because mm. otherwise you're boring your audience again. Mm. Okay. So... I, so far, I don't think I've found that balance, but I start to feel when I'm going off topic. Yeah. Because usually at the beginning of social selling at Dream Data, we couldn't feel that we're creating demand. We were creating a lot of traffic to our website. Mm. Then in the middle of the customer journey length, for us, it takes over 200 days to sell to a prospect from first touch to the deal close. Mm. So after around 200 days, we're starting started to see that some of the prospects are coming in inbound. Okay, yeah. this is working, mm. nice. But at the very end of the journey, then, then we could see kind of that the accounts are closing. Very good too. But to take it back to the topic that you're asking, should you mix it up? Last month, I started to talk a lot, a lot about social selling, personal branding, and so on. And one thing I noticed the month after, I had zero inbounds, nothing. Mm. Mm -hmm. And that means that kind of I streamlined my messaging around social selling. Okay, people started to find or maybe invite me to podcasts like this, mm. but I was not generating demand. But as soon as I start to mix those topics up, people find me for a certain topic. So, yeah. and then it's a little bit more fun to follow. Mm -hmm. uh, so you expand the audience a bit to by diving into certain, certain yeah. things. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Why is social selling important for brands in your perspective? Yeah, so, I mean, it is a part of this marketing strategy mm. to say so. For us, it started with our CMO seeing after one of my posts hit like semi-viral okay should we do more of this because mm -hmm. well it seems like it's driving a lot of traffic mm -hmm. to start with and then that traffic is starting to convert and people tend to follow people more mm. than they follow companies i totally agree our dream data profile uh, account on linkedin i think just reached three thousand followers i grew my following within a year from two thousand to eleven thousand and okay. of the people that are exactly ideal customer profiles for us, people in marketing and sales and revenue operations. And that speaks for itself because mm. you trust the person. And again, back to the topic of mixing it a little bit up, I mix 
my posts also with some personal posts as well. Mm-hmm. So if you're a mother and you see me posting about me being a mother and some of the challenges that I have mm-hmm. and then seeing me posting about marketing, well, you trust me even more possibly. Mm-hmm. And then even if you mix it up with some video posts and you have seen me talking that I'm able to articulate some messages. And if you came onto a call with me, you would know what to expect. Mm. And then it's easier to do that for a person than to do it for a brand. Yeah, I totally agree. Of course. Yeah. Would you find that people actually trust people more than they trust brands these days? I would say so. Uh, Yeah, I would also say so. So that's a part of like the whole mix, I think, is that that's also what you don't like. You don't get anything in return by following a brand because they're not following you back in some mm. senses, right? So you could say that a lot of us are selfish in, in our sort of who do we follow and who do we network with because a lot of people are also trying to grow their own network. Mm. So there's a trade-off. There's like, I will connect with you, you'll connect with me, and then both of us have a larger amount of connections. If I'm following a brand, it doesn't come back. Mm. So you really have to enjoy their content or really want to follow them maybe for a job or something like that, right? So it's very, I think it's very difficult to grow a, a brand's page yeah. than it is your actual people. It's a very mm-hmm. good point. Yeah. yeah, because in the mix of the followers who I communicate with like daily on comments and likes, there are also those influencers that mm-hmm. we exchange both our traffic together and our comments. And then as soon as they start to comment on my posts, I get the credibility of what I'm talking about makes sense mm. for the audience. And yeah. I do the same when I comment on there, my audience is going to see my comments as well. Yeah. So it is a trade-off mm. both yeah. on, on that side yeah. as well. Yeah, I totally agree. What yeah. do you guys think brands then should consider, or companies should consider when they, uh, when they want to explore this field of social selling of their employees, for instance? There are a lot of things to consider. One of the first things that our CEO speaks very openly about that, mm. When you kick off an initiative like that, you have to be aware that you're setting your employees free, like free, (laughs) but (laughs) like that you should not be either setting them in a cage and telling them what they need to post and what they need to talk about. But at the same time, those people are going to expose themselves in the market and are going to be pitched for new jobs all the time. So the first thing is, are you ready for that? Are you ready to set your brand and your employees free that puts like a very high pressure on you to be a good leader in a good company to keep those people because everybody will want to work with them. So this is like the very first step before you consider it. Yeah. It's so funny you mentioned this Mm because it's like, it is the number one thing, the hurdle that most brands have to figure out first. It's like, are we willing to do this? I was in a, before I started Cubco, I was in a very uh, corporate job, big, huge company, big, huge software company. And we were doing a seminar. This was probably, I want to say 10 years ago, even. So it was a long time ago. And LinkedIn was, of course, a thing. And it was really changing into a social media platform more than a CV platform. And we were talking about marketing and people and like, you know, social selling came up, like it was very early days of social selling. And the uh, CMO stood in front of a room of 20, 30 people, maybe all marketers from all over the world. And the topic of social selling came up, should we be like posting? Should we be doing stuff? And he said, we do not want our employees posting on social media. Never, not even about the company ever. Uh-huh. And I was like, why? why? And he's like, <laughs> basically because he thought it provided no value. Uh-huh. Like there was no value in it. It was a waste of time and it won't do anything for the company or for the marketing of the company. Yeah. That second, I knew I was in the wrong company. Wow. Yes. Yeah. And I had already planned at that second. I have to get out of here mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Okay. So it was uh, it was an eye opener. I was there for like three years before that point, but it was like that the second that CMO stands there and says, "We do not mm. want our employees on LinkedIn," I was like, "Oh, this is not progressive." Red flag. This is uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly before red flags were red flags. Yeah. This was a red flag. Yeah. Um, so it's really important that you bring this up because it is it's setting your and I, I hate the word setting them free like you've trapped them in the first place, but I think that. It is a sec. It is like you trust them, and you have to recognize that you have to treat your employees like free agents in some ways. Yeah. Like, 
any employee can go anywhere at any point, mm. right? So you have yeah. to treat people like they are, you know, can do that at any point, yeah. right? So that's, and that's fair. That's the world. Like most mm -hmm. people are in their job for two or three years and they're at the next place. So exactly. it just, yeah. yeah. That's mm. such a strong story for yeah. sure. <laughs> sure it on LinkedIn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll tag the guy yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah. That's if you're listening, yeah. Lars, you know who you are. <laughs> But uh, let's make the connection between social selling and then uh, on social media, obviously. Um, so can you, you, you said you've been in sales for a, a, the most of your career, right? Yes. Can you tell us a little bit more about the changes that has undergone the traditional sales methods versus the social selling now that it's a thing? Yeah, for sure. So if we are only talking about social selling, I, I can talk about how I failed the dream data. So to start with, I got really excited to join a startup after working at enterprises because it's dynamic. It's cool. You're you're really like are responsible both for creating your own demand, closing your own demand, and also everything is in the air and everything is burning and let's just close revenue at the same right. time. And what I started to do, I started to do outbound like I was used to do. Mm. First of all, cold calling, cold emailing, really bad emails. When I look back in some of the historics in our CRM, I was like, oh my God, was that me? But <laughs> <laughs> There's a quote about that. Like if you don't look at your past self and cringe a little bit, then yeah. you're not moving forward. Yeah, exactly. So it's good. It's good that you look back. If you look back and be like, damn, I was, that was good. <laughs> then it's probably not a good place to be. Then you haven't progressed. I so. have a story from what we used to do at Gartner that worked really well and just fell totally apart at Dream Data. So what we used to do was you work at Gartner. So people trust your brand and you're mm. working with the executives. And what you randomly could do as one touch of outbound was to just send a meeting invite to a, a high level executive in like C25 company and they would accept and come to the meeting. Oh, okay. Because you're a gardener. Because you're a gardener. And even though you're in sales, they would expect that you would be coming with some value, you mm. will be delivering something to them that they didn't know before. Mm. Yeah. And I tried this at Dream Data. Ooh. <laughs> it did not work. <laughs> it did not work at all. And well, I got into some conversations afterwards. It's like, oh, I've sent you the invitation. It's like, why didn't you accept it? Or, or like, are you coming to the meeting while I'm waiting? It's like, who are you? Yeah. You're a 20 people company. <laughs> like, yeah. What do you expect? Okay. So That's this is how I started my mm. outbounds, like being known for something, you come out to the market when they don't know who you are. Yeah. They, they know the problems that you might be solving because yeah. you talk about it, but you have no trust. Yeah, you mm. haven't built up your brand Not recognition yet. Yeah. At all. And, and that's where we started to say, okay, we need to find out other ways of doing it. Mm. Luckily, our CMO is crazy experienced in marketing mm. and the demand that he's bringing, we started, we all the time and we still do get all of our demand inbound. We needed to do some outbound to test it out, but well, I started to close inbound just okay. much, much better. Mm. And besides that, then we found our ways within social selling that this is how we can create demand, like doing outbound to many. Mm. Instead of just one-to-one, -one, I'm trying to reach somebody. Yeah. I am connecting with the people who are ideal customer profiles for us. I'm creating a lot of posts that what kind of problems we're solving or other clients are seeing or s talking about specific topics. And then they start coming in inbound. All right. This is yeah. kind of, we started to call it all bound. So we can I market. Love that like, term. <laughs> both marketing and sales have been in this. Yeah. So that's how I transitioned to, to a little but bit album, of a different. That's such a good sale. idea. Do you think that there's still a stigma or still a desire that, that salespeople should be cold calling, cold emailing? Like not they I think that there's a there's a like a box that salespeople are in, like you have to be calling people, you have to be out there, mm. you know, shaking hands yeah. versus what you're talking about is is much more of a virtual a technological or sort yeah. of more advanced sales, which is like you said, it's all bound. It's like trying yeah. to build that social selling profile, trying to get people to come inbound. Um, do you think it's that? Do you think that's still out in the marketplace that there's like oh yeah, Definitely. people want that one to one sales? It, it is, and I think it goes back to what you can measure, we can't. 
Yeah. Like you can measure how many emails you have sent, how many calls you have made, how many successful calls you have done. And then it's pretty easy for you to calculate how many salespeople do I need to hit the specific quota of book meetings and close, close accounts. Mm. Nice. But what you what we're doing with outbound, that social selling, mm. you can't really measure it. It's difficult to say because yeah. you have yeah. to sit and wait for the full length of your customer journey to see if it actually works out, yeah. Yeah. to see if it actually is working. Mm. But when you think about yourself, if you are about to go out to the market and purchase a tool, I don't know, a CRM, mm. you would you just buy a CRM by somebody just being calling you up and saying, oh, do you want to talk about, I don't know, one of the CRM providers that are not on top of the list of Gartners and everything. It's like, yeah. no, I'm not in the market. But as soon as you are, then you start to research by yourself. Mm. That's where marketing will start to capture that demand. But they will also remember the people who have been speaking about the topic on social media and, and then it's much easier for you to buy. Yeah. So I think instead of thinking of how can we measure the demand that we're bringing in mm. with sales or marketing or what do we expect from the salespeople? we s need to start thinking of how is it we're making it easy for our prospects to buy from us to find mm. us and to finally for yeah. us to capture yeah. the demand and give the best sales experience ever yeah but you're totally right it's hard to, to measure that like it's really sales has been such a measurable sort of field for a long time yep. and that's going out the window um, I also feel about that with marketing. Like there's so many different touch points when it comes to marketing that it's almost impossible to say which tactic is actually driving sales and not. Like, mm. is it branding? Is it is it that lead generation form? Or is it that webinar that we did six months ago? It's like, mm. we just don't know anymore. Like it's very jumbled and muddy. Yeah. And that's the same for sales. You guys are experiencing the exact same thing. It's mm. very jumbled and muddy. So yeah. how can you measure that? And maybe we shouldn't even be, maybe we should just be looking at demand generation is, are there meetings that are coming in? Is it constantly a flow? Is inbound sort of bringing more hmm. prospects? Mm. If it's not, then we need to change some things up. But it is when you have such a long sales cycle, it's very hard to see Oh. what's working yeah. and what's not it's in difficult to be it's crazy really yeah. it, we created some benchmarks at dream data is like how long is an average customer journey for b2b's especially SaaS companies that are our clients mm. it goes over 190 days yeah. and within those 190 days there are over 35 touches yeah. like digital on your website from paid media with sales mm. and so on and that is absolutely crazy i still think that we should be measuring everything, at least capturing each and every touch. That's why marketing operations is becoming to be a thing because you want to understand like top of funnel, what kind of metrics should we set up to be able to see what goes down the funnel? What can we measure from top of funnel, mid funnel? And what is it that is actually closing? Mm. What is driving most of it? Should we drive more webinars that drive a lot of people to join the webinar but never close or mm. should we be doing more review sites mm. where people come actually with the demand and we're closing them like crazy so then it's much easier for marketers to navigate where is it that we want to go mm. and well for a person working with attribution software doing social selling that is totally unmeasurable that's yeah. pretty crazy yeah. Yeah, but that's, that's uh, anti what you guys actually yeah. do. Yeah. But could you say like that's the attribution thing is really interesting to me. And I know it's probably it's not what you came here to talk about. But I just find like it's hard to say if that webinar is working or not. Or it's hard to say if that, you know, that review site is working or not because you don't. It gets really hard, especially, especially because cookies are out the window now, like to figure out what is that attribution model look like? Because unless you have really strong CRM where you're putting all the touch points in and you're actually keeping that data clean mm -hmm. and you're actually following that, like figuring out what is the first touch, what are all the different touches. It's really hard to say. And then to weight that and say, well, the webinar brought the person in, but then there was like 35 touch points in yeah. between. Mm -hmm. yeah. Which one was the, effective was one? the most yeah. effective? It's like, I don't know. Yeah, well, it's that's really why it's point. really important to kind of map everything out, everything yeah. that you can. CRM is key, 
But you're mentioning cookies getting out of the window. The first party tracking cookies are there and you can track everything that is first happening party, on your yeah. website. That's true. And it's, then it's like at least a smaller window for you to understand what is it that I can measure and what is it that I'm just giving away and trusting that it works. Yeah. So to be that's able good to, to put go. those into two buckets. I think that's nice. Like saying, what do we not care about and what can we actually mm. control? Like that's why newsletters are so good. That's why maybe signups where you actually have like an email address, like those yeah. things are, mm. you can track them and keep yeah. them, which is yeah. good. Would that be one of the cons in your guys' opinion with uh, with social selling, uh, that it's, it's making it harder to track instead of the traditional sales? Or is there anything else you guys can observe? Has it been easier now to do sales with social selling or is it just getting more muddy in these two uh, different categories? It's definitely easier for me to reach out to prospects when they have seen me on social. Mm. Mm. So I've already built that social proof that, okay, she's not pitching me. And especially if I'm coming over to direct messages and still not doing the pitching, but talking about the problems that some of the marketers in that type of a field are having. Mm. And would you like to talk more about that? It's much, much easier. The mm. way I look at it is that kind of, you earn the trust of one-on-one -on -one with a person out in public. Mm. Meaning that if you have been in the public and commenting on some of the things and discussing the topics together with them, then it's much easier to pick up the conversation one-on-one -on -one and be trusted. Mm. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's tough because it takes a lot of time. Yeah. You can't really measure it. No. Like, okay, my dear employee, you have been posting about your holidays and your kids for the last week. Mm. Like, should you like to start talking more about that CRM we're selling or something like that? And it's difficult to measure. Mm. And you don't know, maybe mm. people want to follow you because of the person you are and that random post about that CRM you're selling would come out and people will understand. Mm. You, you don't know. Yeah. Companies don't know. Mm. Yeah. I think that's I think that's one of the biggest cons. And I, I think also the, not the biggest con because it, it is an investment, but you know, you're investing in your employee to maybe even teach them how to be content creators. And I think like that is, a huge investment because being a content creator is a difficult thing. Like you have to understand content, psychology, marketing, um, copywriting, like, and then also that person has to be following up with all the people that comment and like and share and all that kind of stuff. So I think that companies are maybe a bit scared of that. And I would, I would say like the education that goes into that is maybe a lot mm. um it's a skill it's a thing that has to be really taught and mm. usually it takes they say nowadays that it takes 150 pieces of content before you're good at it which is quite interesting, interesting. yeah i read that stat the other day that like they've been looking at personal branding yeah. and looking at sort of people like who've built social profiles yeah. and they've figured it out that it's about 150 posts yeah. before you go okay so that's if you do one post per day, that's 150 days of just training. Yeah. I think mine took longer. Yeah. yeah, probably. <laughs> depends on what but you like, talk about. Yeah, right? like it depends on what you talk of, about, but like yeah. 150 days of yeah. training essentially. Oh, yeah. And if you have to do that with your employees, like that's a lot. And like- yeah, That's an investment from your side. That's an investment, which is yeah. fine. Like it's a good, it probably is a good investment. It's good but, in social media. You have a lot of people, content creators here. Yeah, but that's the thing. I mean, like, but but to do it is, I mean, yeah. we're not even doing that effectively for our people. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, Kamal, our client service director, like he's great at, at like sort of traditional sales, but inbound mm. sort of like social selling, he does nothing of that. Yeah. It's right? so Actually, different. we should train him. <laughs> Now, well, now actually, I'm thinking about it, but I'm like 150 <laughs> days. Jeez, yeah. I don't you're know talking if I have that about time. that, and I'm thinking about our own content manager. He is amazing at creating our blog posts, everything we write about, and he posts on LinkedIn once in a while, but his post doesn't perform as well as the rest of us. And he's always like, "Come on, this was so beautiful! Like, why is nobody reacting to it?" Because that's the thing about content creation. Who is it that you're creating it for? Mm. It's like the different mediums, the different people you're doing it for, how entertaining should it be and so on. And once we did a challenge, we said, okay, Jeremy, we pick up your post. It was really, really good, but nobody liked it. We all pick it up 
and rewrite it. Mm. Like redo the post okay. in whatever ways that we think would be more appropriate to come out to yeah. our audience. Mm. Some were doing a video, somebody did a meme, somebody just read the text and so on. And then we looked what performed best. And this that was so cool. All of them the performed meme? better than his. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh, man. But the thing is that what he oh. is producing, we are consuming it all and recreating it for yeah. social media. Yeah. So sometimes I sit down and use an hour to create five posts out of a blog mm. that Jeremy has created. I just pick up snippets of it and then create as if people would like to read it. Yeah. And thank you for that. Because yeah. this is his job. That's what he's good at. Yeah. And I'm sure that he, if he has sat down for those 150 posts mm. and started to do it, then they would start performing much better. Yeah. But when you're thinking, oh, I'm a content writer, I can do it. Mm. It's like, yeah. but not quite. Like, I think you're right. Like, yeah. it's much different from going from a blog post to a social media post. And I think that's also part of the maybe the cons or sort of the learnings for anybody doing social selling is that you can't just start from. I've got the good data or mm. I've got this. Like, mm. it's not enough. You really have to figure out how to hook people, how to mm. keep them interested in the story or whatever you're trying to say. So it's an art form and yeah. a skill. And it's, like I said, it takes yeah. a Adapt long time to, to audience. Yeah. Some get time. Some people get lucky and they just naturally have charisma or they're naturally able to sort of figure it out. But that's like... 0.05% of the population. Definitely. Everyone else has to like train their ass off to figure out how yeah. to do it. Test stuff. Yeah. One of the things that happened after I started social selling, I became a much better salesperson because mm. my emails started to become much more crisp, much more fun, and people react to those much more. We get inbounds for free accounts and people who just want to test the product. And yeah usually they don't want to talk to sales mm. and then you have to find the hooks of like how are you going to engage them and how how are they going to read the message that you're coming out with and it gets better with time mm. for yeah. a salesperson as well must be yeah. the human psychology angle like you're just learning more and more about people and what they react to and what they don't react to yeah. mm. so it is like a, a good training ground yeah. for sales in general so maybe that isn't the con maybe the con isn't that that you have to spend 150 uh, posts doing it, but like it's actually good training for sales in Obviously, general. Obviously, yeah, definitely. You'll learn maybe I should start doing it. Maybe we should do that at Cubco. Hey, do you want to learn how to do social selling already? <laughs> <laughs> yeah? We'll do a post for in you. The, and in then the two like, years we've worked together, only saw you post one time on LinkedIn, and that was previously when you uh, when you sent out uh, your, your, yeah, your project. Yeah, Artie. <laughs> yeah. Why do you only post about your extracurricular <laughs> projects outside of the company? Yeah. What's up with that? <laughs> oh, sorry, no. I just cracked my fingers. <laughs> no, I was like, <laughs> the creepy. But um, how did you do that? I have fingers. Yeah, but you didn't. Mine don't I do just that did it. Oh, you did it on your thighs. Oh, thighs. Ah, I thought I, you just did it like this. <laughs> like, what kind of, what kind of psychopath are you? I don't. Know. I gotta do that. Yeah. Took me uh, 150 days. Yeah. <laughs> You're trying exactly. your hardest to like Every day, a lot of fingers. Yeah. But okay. uh, is there any uh, other platforms besides LinkedIn that's good for social selling? Or do you guys think it's only specifically for LinkedIn that's uh, going to drive your sales? Oh, it's mm. not. It really depends on the target market yeah. and the people you're targeting. So for us, it's a no brainer to be on LinkedIn because we're selling to marketers, salespeople, and people who are on mm. LinkedIn daily. But if you're selling to techies, Twitter is the place you are. Reddit mm. is the place you should be. Of course. Okay. And now I'm testing TikTok. Please don't follow me yet. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, What's your handle? <laughs> I'm gonna put it next. Listen, to like uh, we love TikTok here. No, yeah. but that's so. that's we what I'm doing. We want to see the 150 days of progression. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm doing right now. It's like 150 posts before I actually can nail yes. anything good. But but people started to talk about TikTok for B2Bs because mm. all of the people yeah. that you're selling to are there. Either they're watching, I don't know, dogs or beautiful women videos dancing somewhere on TikTok. But well, I'd have a totally different algorithm than you. Uh, <laughs> I don't see dogs or dancing ladies. Buy stuff from Amazon. <laughs> test, Most test. of the things are a product test, actually, yeah. I got to say. And also weird crypto bros trying to sell me oh, like a, yeah, a lot yeah. of NFT stuff. Yeah. yeah but cooking. imagine if you were selling to, I don't know, uh, trucking companies. 
And those people are on TikTok. Yeah, they're, they're just not consuming your no. TikToks. Mm. And what if you could crack the way to come through an algorithm and creating videos that they find fun, engaging? They're not going to buy from you because of your TikTok, mm. but they're going to find you there. Yeah. So that is definitely Awareness a platform as well. upcoming. Yeah. Okay. I agree. Uh, should you create any... Um, how do you strategize then for these platforms that you plan on social selling for? Is there anything that you, you got to do and differentiate your, your content? Yeah. So for LinkedIn, it's like very straightforward for me. Like talk about the problems your customers are facing. Talk a little bit about yourself as a person or spin it up together with the problems that the people are facing. When I move over to TikTok, I'm only thinking, how can I entertain our ICP or come with an information that is so snappy and interesting and fast mm. to consume that they actually want to watch the full video. I haven't nailed it yet. I'm still trying to learn it. But the thing is that the videos that you create for TikTok reused on LinkedIn perform like crazy because people are not used to those really? snappy oh. fast videos and yeah. fun cuts and I so agree. on mm. yeah. like wow and if you use the tools within TikTok like you have green screen and text mm. and all that kind of stuff it just gives you the production suite of things that you can do right so mm. you're add to you're add, able to add things that are very not LinkedIn mm -hmm. um, and it stands out for sure it so does. I think it's a good idea yeah that's actually really interesting when we talked about you know to optimize our t content for what kind of platform it is. But then there's also this perspective of, you know, shaking it up a little bit. Yeah, you That's have cool. to. I mean, like if you're in the feed and you're against your competitors or everybody else and their dog posting on LinkedIn, you really have to come with something that's a little mm -hmm. bit different. And people go, oh, what is this? And doing something that's maybe a little bit lo-fi, like low fidelity, um, very organic, you know, selfie style from TikTok mm -hmm. with some music, some green screen or even like some weird duet things yeah. like then you're <laughs> gonna find uh that it cuts through the noise mm. do you do that often like not uh, often but your... i've been thinking doing more i did one on twitter the sort of the the famous t tweet that went out uh, on august 4th when everybody else was down like facebook was down uh instagram is down whatsapp was down twitter just like wrote those three words hello mm. literally everyone mm. and i did a post <laughs> yeah and they and it got award like it was award-winning three words award-winning uh, and I did a TikTok about that, but then I brought it over to LinkedIn. Mm. And it performs well. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a, I don't think I've ever had a viral hit on LinkedIn, but it performs well. Nice. Okay. Yeah. How do you then measure success of your social selling? Obviously, we know the end of funnel, but how? what metrics should we then look at to measure that it's actually working? Mm -hmm. I see it as a three steps. So the first one is the one that like speeds you up with sugar. The views, the mm. likes, the comments, are they growing, your followers and so on. So this is really the top top of it. Do people find it relevant? Mm. And you can spin off stories that are irrelevant and people still like it. That's why it's like really top. Then the next one, you have to start thinking about the length of your customer journey. How long it is that you need to start waiting for any kind of results to come in. Mm. Then people are starting to get into your direct messages to ask some questions about something, not necessarily to move into a meeting, but they start to ask for advice. Mm. And then the last one is, of course, as soon as you close that all bound deal, then it's easier. Actually, there is a root in, in this tree, a uh, number four that just started to happen. Closed lost accounts are coming back. Okay. Mm. They're coming back to us and it takes even longer than the full customer journey saying, oh, I've actually seen your post, top of mind and everything. Now we're ready. Okay. Mm. Thank so you. Some sort of ra raising from the dead. Yeah. Sort of thing. And I didn't need to rebook the them again. Zombie sales. <laughs> Come on, it might be an account I'm gonna close. <laughs> no, soon. but zombie sales, I think it's a good. I think it's. I think it's a nice one. Uh, resurrected from the dead. Yeah. Uh, but that's interesting, like, because that does happen, and I think if they go, yeah, they go away. There's lots of things like that where it's like, you know, you're so close to closing it, and then they either, you know, mm. went a different direction or they just completely shut down the project. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like, well, do you want to continually chase them? Mm. Or do you want them to chase you? Yep. You want them to chase you. So what you want is literally like 
keep doing what you're doing. And then hopefully they go, oh, yeah, we yeah. we messed up when we broke up with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there can't be you multiple want, reasons. You want your right? ex-girlfriend yeah. to DM yeah. you, right? Like, and be like, hey, what's up? <laughs> that's what you, that's what you want from your clients as well. You want those ex clients. You're uh, like, <laughs> yeah, my younger days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They say that it is that <laughs> it really is that. I'm married. I have kids. I'm not on the dating scene at all. So it is. And I don't. Of course, DMs. I you know how old I am. There was no such thing as like you're forty. SMS. <laughs> you're not mm. that old. You're like forty. Yeah, but I stopped dating when I was like nine. So like. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> No. Anyways, is there uh, is B two B influencer marketing a thing within social selling? I hope it will become a thing very yeah. soon. Yeah, I do, and I see brands reaching out to influencers mm-hmm. to ask for some certain posts, mentions of their brands, and so on. So I hope it's going to become a thing, and I think it will, because think about again how you're buying social proof again. Mm. So an B2B influencer is not necessarily a person who has a lot of followers on LinkedIn. Well, it's one of the things because people trust them, Mm. but it's also a person who is in a lot of communities and is also listening to the topics that are being discussed, is an expert in that field and is able to advise on the topic. Yeah. Yeah, I get that all the time. Really? Yep. I don't know why I'm so so surprised, but how, how come, how so? Um, platforms will reach out to me. Okay. They'll ask me to do stuff like Snapchat, for example. Mm. Um, software solutions. Okay. Interesting. Often reach out. Like, yeah. It's that's usually startups. You, right? mm-hmm. No, it's been what? the last four or five years that that's okay. happened. But I usually say no because I'm agnostic. Like I don't yep. care. Like, I mean, I'll use whatever platform, like Hootsuite, mm. uh, Falcon, like Spring or, or Sprout. It's like. Mm. I don't really care, yeah. really. So I have a hard time saying yes to those things. Okay. Simply because I don't like, I'd feel it's inauthentic to yeah. be like, oh, I recommend this tool. Yeah. Um, we did one actually for DGI, you know, the drone. They do like, um, they do drones and they do also um, like things for video equipment. You know, DGI, right? Mm. They actually reached out to us as a company and we did some, we did like a review video for them. Okay, when? two, three years, four years oh, ago, okay. maybe. Oh, um, yeah. So that was quite interesting, and we got a free, uh, we got a free gimbal out of it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice, nice. So yeah, we got some technology. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. But it's a win-win for both because yeah. you are the user of the technology, and you just need to mm. mention what it is that you use them for. Yeah. So it's kind of a mm. a review. Yeah, anyway. it's happening all the time. But you're right. saying you hope it's going to be more of thing. Do you guys think? Do you guys know why it's it's not? taking so much on as uh, as the traditional B2C influencer marketing? It's more ex- or C2C, expe- like my experience with it, because I've also been on the side of trying to hire an influencer to do some influencer marketing for Cupco, like mm. for the agency. Yeah. Um, it was pretty cost prohibitive to be actually, to mm. be honest. And I was like, man, I could better spend that doing my own social selling yeah. um, versus getting somebody else to do it because it was quite, expensive but i think that most brands don't know that they can actually do that and no. don't have a sense like that hey this is a thing but it'll get better and better and we'll mm. see more and more but yeah and and also it's more of an instagram thing like linkedin is considered your professional network so you're a little yes. bit like guarded about it you don't yeah. want to necessarily be like this is a sponsored post by x y and z and i think you're going to quickly lose credibility of your followers if you start talking mm. about that. I don't I don't think that there are any requirements for you to tell that this is a sponsored post, but but it should come. I think it would be. I think you'd have some issues. Gray zones. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah. Mm. You probably should. Just erring on the side of uh, caution here, folks. If you get a brand deal, make sure you say that this is sponsored. Just right. to be sure. Yeah. Okay. You. Okay. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I don't, exactly. I don't Talk to your lawyer. Yeah. I don't know anything Advice. about it. Legal department. Yeah, I'm but not I think the legal it's department. also due to the again length of the customer journey. Yeah. Because with B2Cs, it's pretty easy to measure. Okay, we bought those five influencers, they showed our bag on Instagram, and now we got that many direct people coming in and buying the bag. Okay, mm. pretty easy to attribute. Yeah. But if you got an influencer mentioning, again, your CRM or marketing automation tool, 
Yeah. Well, how long do you think it will take for you to actually reap the results out of it? Yeah. It could take years. Yeah, even B2C brands have done it. Like there's a really interesting case with uh, a guy named Travis Chambers. So shout out to Travis Chambers, who's another agency owner, where Uber Eats, you know, uh-huh. the delivery yeah. service of food in the States, reached out and said, he's got like a huge LinkedIn following. Do you Could you do something on the platform uh, on LinkedIn for Uber Eats? Because a lot of, business users obviously Mm. buy food like for the team Mm. late at night you're working late like so he did a a video for uber eats on linkedin it was specifically built for linkedin and they had like a coupon code and everything and uh i'll send it to you it's really really interesting it Mm. was a super great video okay yeah so but even b2c brands are kind of like this is interesting maybe we should try on linkedin to do something so social selling is definitely on the rise so if you guys had uh to create a starter pack for a company that's listening now that want to go on um and take on social selling tomorrow what would that starter pack be well first thing would be like a, a signed declaration i so-and-so person from this company declare that my employees can freely post on social media <laughs> and I will not put them in a cage. Something, something, something. Okay. So a declaration apparently <laughs> is the first yeah. thing. Some sort of pledge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, that, that's the only thing I would add. Then, then it's up to you. You have to fill the rest of the, uh, the pack, the out. starter pack. First of all, the leadership has to buy into it. Yeah. So it's kind of, for us, our co-founders, they post on LinkedIn, they do cheer every story that is coming out and looks interesting and are resharing other posts like post that on Slack, look at this and so on. So that gives the employees the feeling, okay, this is something that we are investing our time in. And this is not just like playing around at LinkedIn and spending Mm. my time scrolling around. This is work. Yes. So C-level or leadership encouragement to do it. The next thing is no declarations for employees to do this or that on LinkedIn, Mm. meaning that you should be posting that many times, you should be speaking about this and so on, will never work. When we kicked this off at Dream Data, we had a very soft goal saying that, can we reach 300,000 views in a quarter? We go for a dinner. Ah. In our Ooh. in our team, <laughs> and that's cool. Yeah, you like dinners, huh? <laughs> it's too easy. Like. That's such a good KPI, yeah. though. Like we should do more of them. Okay, yeah. it's but a whatever. deal. Like it's yeah. a deal. Cupco employees who do not watch the podcast, so they will never know this. But I'll make the de- declaration now. Like we will put a goal and we'll do a dinner. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't have to be social selling. It can be whatever. But it can't include my views. It can't include my metrics. Okay, that's fine. Okay. All right, look well, at this. I love then this you idea. Have to raise yeah. the metrics. That's yeah. a good idea. You're going to bring more. Yeah, yeah but then it'll have to be. Uh, <laughs> then you're a part of half the team. A million. Yeah. Nevertheless, <laughs> but you have to kind of put on the soft goals that everybody can adhere to. If I'm more comfortable to post once a week and my colleague is comfortable to do that once a day, mm. then it's great. Yeah. Because this is what we feel that our limit is. And then the next thing is that you can start encouraging people to do it in various ways that they might need help to. Like, maybe I have difficulties creating the post. Can you review my post? I don't have ideas. Can we have a chat about what kind of ideas I could talk about? What kind of problems I might mention? Mm -hmm. And so on. So that support mechanism has to work in the background. What kind of tools can I use if I was to create a meme or create a GIF or create a video, like subtitles and stuff like that? That has to be also in the package supporting the employees who are going to do it. Yeah, all the tools. tools. Exactly. That's great. Very good point. Thank you. So just to wrap up, so top management buy-in, some sort of goal, soft goal sort of arrangement so people Mm. understand what's at stake, and then also some tools to actually get going. And support all in all. Yeah, Cool. Cool. Anything else? No, I think that's a very good place to start. Good start pack. Yeah, especially the first time you celebrate it, other people will see it who hasn't been a part of it, would think, oh, it sounds cool. I'm not sure if I'm comfortable, but let's talk and find some topics and yeah. maybe I'm mm. ready. Artie, how many views did your post get? Didn't check. You didn't check? <laughs> <laughs> he post and ghost. <laughs> Posts and ghosts. But it was a good post, Artie. Yeah. You got to do more. Get yeah. uh, get it up. 
And then, uh, Laura, you have the T-shirt on. Do you want to elaborate on that quote, or should we just? Oh, right. <laughs> just, yes. Just to so give you a shout out. We spoke a little out. bit about that. Yes. So my just closing says, statements. Closing statements. I came up with it at the last event on stage at Sassiest in Malmo, when people are saying Sassiest. Sassiest event. <laughs> what is that? It's a sass event. Okay, cool. I like yeah, it. I like it was, the name. It was very good, okay. actually. Like sass. Like sass. 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 Yes. I get it. What was the last part? How does that? Yes. Yes. I e sassiest event. Like sassy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sassiest. Ah, yeah. but the most sassiest. Okay, I get that. Get now. Yeah, yeah, now I'm getting it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So there we were talking about like what is social selling and how should I do it? It's like one of the key messages on LinkedIn. You have to remember, people do not care about two things: you <laughs> and your company. And as soon as you get rid of those two, not talking about yourself and not talking about your company and talking about the actual problems people are trying to solve or why should they relate to something that, that you're talking about, then it's so much easier to be relatable, so much easier to get people to follow you and want to work together with you and comment on your posts and give that vice versa. Yeah. community because you're back. presenting yourself as a thought leader rather than showing cat pictures or baby pictures and yeah what your company provides exactly okay so. cool that's nice thank you guys so much for sharing your golden nuggets and i want to summarize for our listeners what we talked about in terms of social selling so six important points so the first one to know what social selling is is almost easy to talk about what it's not and it's not resharing company blogs or company announcement and fundings it's not selling or pitching on linkedin but you're doing social selling when your prospects see and understand the topic you consistently talk about mm. so the important thing number two when you're doing social selling is you find a balance of a top a specific topic to make yourself known for the uh, to make yourself known for and diversify around your core topics slash competencies and then you build your audience and content around your core theme and third is people sorry third is people <laughs> to people communication people like to follow people more than brands and companies so you got to trust your employees and let them share a mix of personal and professional content that will build credibility and give value to your brand in the end Four is using SoMe platforms for selling and platforms are great for different industries. If you want to reach tech, maybe that's on Twitter or if you use TikTok, that could be used for awareness and entertainment. And five is measuring social selling for levels, views, and interactions, high level metrics. And then there's think of your funnel and what people ask from you. Close third is closing the deal. And lastly is lost account will actually can actually come back. And then zombie account, zombie accounts. We can you quote you on it. that. And then the last one, the sixth one, is the starter pack for you guys who want to jump on social selling t tomorrow. And first one is leadership, encouragement, and support. Let your employees decide when and how to publish content. Define your soft goals and for your employees. And then lastly, support them with ideas, tools for different content types. So that's it. Holy Here we have it. Social well selling and how to do it. Subscribe, like, comment, feedback, and everything with this podcast. Thank you so everything much. With everything with this podcast. Just whatever. Just Show it share it. Social sell it. Yeah. Sell, share it. So all that thank you guys for listening and stay tuned for the next one. Thank See you. you. Bye. Bye. This has been the Social Media Sucks Podcast.